reading net. This is Reading Roulette, the world's only choose-your-own-adventure literary podcast. Hosted by Brian Ward, and I'm Bill Lyon, and this week... I, I lost? I didn't even know I started! Concentrate, you call to the captain. Fight the alien force. If we can all hold on for a few minutes, the Aloha will carry us out of its range. The Aloha streaks away from Deneb 5. Deep right, the I think I read the wrong one. You desperately try to locate the Aloha with the crystal ship's radio telescope. Meanwhile, the ship's computer provides you with information about life on the third planet from Altair. You learn that the crystal ship was indeed built by the Alanians, who were the gifted inhabitants of the third planet. They lived on the land, under the sea, and even in a city in the sky. Years ago, they discovered that antimatter might annihilate Altair and all its planets, so they left the Altair system in their crystal ships. In a few hours, the computer has told you everything you could want to know about the third planet. Now there is little for you to do, but look out at the stars and continue to monitor the radio telescope. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I can't remember any book I've read where the character's like, well, there's really nothing to do right now. <laughs> it happens a couple times where he says, well, I'm just going to sit and wait this one out for a little bit. And he even actually dies from, 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 of, of, of waiting around. Could you imagine any novel with just that in it? Like, I don't know, Hemingway is just like, you know, uh, and, and there wasn't really much to do. So I just, you know, I just sat down and waited for a while. He just sat down and waited for a couple hours. The bull hibernated and then I died staring at him. Chapter 25, not a lot going on. <laughs> I want a straightforward answer. Harry Potter just sits around, twirls his <laughs> wand. Yeah, that was a boring... The next five months were pretty boring for Harry. I gotta be honest. There wasn't any magic happening. <laughs> he kinda got... bored. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a brave stance to take. <laughs> I guess you could consider. You know, when you're, when you're publishing your own book and you're, like, blowing the publisher, you could get away with that. But this is... Uh, or the really, editor. A, a really cool ending, though. You basically die by losing the will to live. Slowly. Why didn't you file a report with your commanding officer? It's not just one ending. You get that choice a couple of times. You and Dr. Vivaldi are, are on this ship you're either stuck there for a while or you're going to go on a very long voyage. But instantly, there's a lot unsaid here, too. I know you know what I'm going to say. I realize that, sir. She just decides to go to sleep. So how does that conversation go? <laughs> Dr. Vivaldi just decides to, to go into hypersleep, and then it's just kind of not addressed. Do you have a conversation about that? Does she, do you turn around and she's in the, in the pod? Or she's like, well, I'm going to go to sleep. 
are you just gonna like stay up for a while? <laughs> are you like, what are you gonna do? It's hilarious that she never, and don't you think that's extremely negligent as an adult? That she doesn't take any initiative to kind of give you some sort of grown-up advice? Like, go to bed? Go to hypersleep? Yeah, you're you're waiting. You've you've lost your spaceship. You've lost you've lost sight of the Aloha, and you're kind of on your, your space pot or whatever. A long time goes by, and you're waiting for the spaceship, the two of you, and, and you're on this Signet space pod, just waiting, waiting and, and waiting. waiting and waiting, and it looks like you're never, you're gonna just lost in space forever. forever. Within a few minutes, the crystal ship is heading toward outer space. You signal the Aloha. The captain radios that the Aloha will follow the crystal ship. Emergency! The ship's display screen flashes. Activate hypertime drive! The next thing you know, Altair is so far away it looks like any other bright star. There is a printout on the screen. Hypertime drive destroyed by antimatter storm. Time to new planet, 650 years. Human lifespan insufficient for voyage. How will we survive, you ask? Hibernation chamber available. Survival chances for Alanian travelers, 99.7%. For humans, insufficient data. Delay in hibernation decreases chances for survival. The Alanians, you say? They must be the people who built this ship! Dr. Vivaldi decides to try hibernation. She enters the chamber, and in a few minutes, seems to be sleeping peacefully. You are tempted to follow, but there is no sign of the Aloha, and you are anxious to learn whether it survived the antimatter storm. If it did, and you can make contact, perhaps it can rescue you. You know, why hibernate immediately? Immediately, it's so you know. crazy. <laughs> well, I'm going to bed. Fuck this. <laughs> like, I realize these books are trying to give dramatic choices. Yeah, yeah. Not, the word dramatic is giving it too much credit on every few pages. But writing, you know, you've, you've, yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. some writing before. Have you ever experienced writing or reading writing? Writing also allows you to show the passage of time and motive within a mere sentence. Here's, here's my example. I rewrote mm -hmm. this, Brian. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, let's for hear instance, it. Let's hear it. Why not? After seven months of drifting through dead, black space, Vivaldi's kind, hopeful eyes break into a flood of tears. I've given up on the aloha, she says, her voice cracking. I've decided I'm going to risk the hibernation. Why not that? There. Why can't the choice? I mean, because it's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. The moral implications of this, like you said, abandoning a child, being alone, risking death, giving up on the fact that your friends might come and save you. Yeah, and rescue you. Maybe just assuming that your friends are already dead mm -hmm. and coming to grips with that. That would be an opportunity for possibly some writing. Absolutely. Human stakes, there's emotion. Human stakes, there's emotion. Human Any kind of characterization, it's almost toxic. Sometimes you feel like in these books, the way they write them, any sort of nugget of human stakes, but if I told Colonel Gregory what happened out there, he'd conclude that I was, well, space happy. Warmth or humanity. It's supposed to be. It's, it's all about choices. It's supposed to be. You feel like there's this unspoken censor censoring these books or something that's telling them you can't include any humanity. Mm -hmm. It's almost bone chilling. Like, what's going yeah. on with this? Why do you? What is wrong with this woman? This monstrous woman that she's just a monster. She immediately she goes a monster there. Yes. And this is the recurring character character? No, if Pickens went to sleep immediately. <laughs> I would understand. No shit, man. Obviously. Of course. I, you know, I'll give him a pass. That's uh, fine. Uh, You're gonna drink all of his bourbon when he's asleep anyway. That's alright. Uh, no discussion whatsoever. It really gets 
I, I think we're this this kind of. Uh, the hours stretch into days. The days stretch into weeks. Now you have waited so long that the computer tells you your chances of surviving hibernation are nearly zero. You can only hope that somehow your crystal ship will reach the new planet before you grow old and die. Or that you will at last find the Aloha. Or that something will happen to fix the ship's hypertime device. But the months go by and nothing changes. You grow more and more depressed as you sit and wait. And finally, disorientated by the incredible loneliness of outer space, you lose all will to survive. The end. That's for children. And what a miserable f illustration. Oh God. <laughs> Saddest boy that ever lived alone in a fetal position <laughs> in an in a alien spaceship. <laughs> oh my God. Books help you escape to this other world. You know, you're not responsible for the conclusions of your commanding officer. And now, which begs the question, you know, obviously he's he's given up, completely abandoned all hope. What do you do then? Don't you don't just you go, just go don't you just crazy, crazy and nuts? Don't you? Aren't you going full on Hal here and like unplugging everybody? You know, like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Wake up, wake up, Well, yeah, I think that's the logical conclusion. Don't you think? A proud, a proud solution. Well, it is because your character, as we've saying, it has no interests in these books. You know, there's yeah. there's no yeah. there's no religion, there's no art, there's no philosophy. Your character has no ethics. He doesn't even have a job. As doesn't far even as I remember. have a job. <laughs> so what is he gonna do with his time? There's no, there are no plays. He can't watch <laughs> plays or not like like, like, like in the movies. game of time where he's got every movie yeah. in history that he can there's watch. There's nothing. No, now he's just in this cold, bat, 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 bad spaceship, and he has yeah. no. It's you're, you're going to the dark side very fast. If you're alone on a spaceship with nothing, you're going to be dissecting things. You're going to be, you know, uh, excrement is going to be smeared. <laughs> in all due respect, Commander, in this case, I'm not so sure. The only defensible position you can have is that this is almost like a hyper inward carpe diem. <laughs> if you don't seize the day, you're going to be dying of loneliness on a spaceship. If you don't, you don't fucking ask that girl out and ask if they're raised. If you don't, if you don't go, to go to that car dealership and... Well, if you don't man up, you're gonna die alone in hyperspace. It's the only possible positive moral that can come out of that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, I feel like these books kind of paint themselves into a corner where uh, there's almost this stupid mandate they give themselves to make you the character mm. where they want to give you no characteristics or job at all so you can believe as a kid that yeah. it's you yourself. So they never say you are, um, it's, you know, a scientist, you have this job, you have this thing you can do because you might say as a kid, well, I'm not really good at this. So yeah. this I, I don't like science. I can't I'm identify, which is so stupid because the whole point of fiction for kids well, not the whole, but, you know, a big thing and a big selling point at this time was books help you escape into this other world. You know, I've, I've always hated that explanation of books. 
why not just say you are Robin Hood or you are, you know, why can't you be the captain? Yeah, you yeah. are a captain. You went to school for years. You have lots of, ex and so that's part of the deadness of these descriptions and where they can't give you any motivation. They mm -hmm. can't give you any backstory. They can't give you any relationships with other people that might, you, know, you miss your mom. You know what I mean? That's not even in there. All the relationships are very strange because of that. Remember Murma? He yes. just comes out of nowhere. Take me with you on your life's quest. The fuck are you? Absolutely. And the second thing, so I feel like, all right, two points. One, they paint you in a corner because they try to make it you. It has to be everything to everyone. It has to be this every man situation. And second, there's this badness to the writing where they refuse to show the passage of time. It's almost like a video game, but this is kind of pre-video game, so I don't know where he got this from or just the writers, but they feel like every choice needs to lead you to something where the action is happening, like an action movie, mm -hmm. and it's in chronological time with that. Like I was saying there in my in my rewriting, after seven months of drifting through space, Dada, you come to this decision. There never happens in these books that time passed. Oh, after three months, you've met with the Elanians and yeah, developed yeah. relationships, blah, blah, blah. You've fallen in love with such and such person. Mm -hmm. You've, you know, had these experiences. Yeah. That can, that every Everything has to be this cold, motiveless action that t is only preceded by the previous action, which was some kind of malfunction. A catastrophe. Of, yeah, a catastrophe uh -huh. of the choice itself. And that's where it comes into this repetition of procedure. Yeah. You know, this failed technology. What do you mean? When you have your seventh antimatter storm. Oh, God. Something's out there in space that regulations don't cover. And there's a lot of time jumping here, actually. But you're always jumping 600 years into the future. Yeah. 10,000 years into the past. And you're not examining anything. Commander, I want a brainograph test so I can be sure of myself. Something happens where you jump in a giant quantum leap in time and everybody's just, huh, okay. You're 600 million years in the future and everybody's acting like, uh, well, who's going to make the coffee? <laughs> no moral reaction to it. No reaction of horror. No, like, astounding. astounding. You know, every, everything's so matter of fact because everything is existing from one uh, 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 catastrophe to the next. Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where no one's even saying, like, wow, a lot of shit is going really <laughs> badly here. We the, These black holes are fucking us up. We the... We, 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 badly. badly. Immediately discard Water Moon plot device. You and Captain Pickens finally get some alone time. God damn it, caves. Always with the caves. Die in alien quicksand. God damn it, caves. Vivaldi and cave art. Murdered by bacteria. Alien movie on alien spaceship. Hibernate, perchance to dream. History of Alanians, the aliens. Killed by losing the will to live. Travel through space and time for Coke commercial. Regret not boarding spaceship. Sure that my mind isn't playing tricks on me. This is our uh, flimsy water moon premise to hang out with Pickens, Vivaldi, or Blue Nose, the uh, the underwater robot. <laughs> this is our Pickens and Vivaldi section, so we've kind of covered our um, Pickens and Vivaldi already with this hibernation, Brian. We also get this weird alien cinema thing. That's really bizarre, too. It's really bizarre. It sounds on paper very cool. Imagine going into an alien cinema. But really, all it is, it's a demo for more technology. Suppose you tell me the whole story. So imagine getting into a car, and the car plays you a movie about the car going somewhere, <laughs> and then the car begins to drive. I loved this sentence. In describing the movie, flashing lights grow brighter and brighter on the screen until they hurt your eyes. 
I thought that was so funny because I was thinking about like, uh, you know, has that ever happened in the history of cinema? You know, sometimes with like noise rock and stuff or almost, you know, certain bands, we feel like they, they've wanted to actually hurt you with how loud they were. Mm-hmm. Has like anyone like Jean-Luc Godard or anyone actually tried to like hurt the optic nerves of the people <laughs> watching their movies? Just... All right, Commander. The most assaulting thing you can do to an audience is probably like a <laughs> strobing effect. I was about to head back for Mercury. When I saw a meteor. Could you create a like just light so bright that everyone gets hurt, like physically damaged by the movie? And would that be seen as I don't know? That was pretty awesome. It's like a matter of pride. Why haven't movies oh, gone there? Like how how bright that movie? They were. Oh my god, that movie was so bright. <laughs> I, oh, I can't see. I guess because you're having a projection, it's going behind you, so you would actually have to reverse the projection, project the movie straight into the eyeballs, <laughs> is, the, is the next way to go, right? I think, Man. as you like to say, this is a missed opportunity. I tracked it on the view scope. In cinema. You've got smellorama. <laughs> sure. You know, some of these old things where the seats would vibrate, or the creatures would come into the stands and fuck with the people. Not just breaking the fourth wall. Yes. The fourth wall becomes a ball of light. <laughs> <laughs> erupting at the viewer. Then you would, you know, people would say, you know, that kind of cop out where they'll be like, well, you have to write your own story. You just have to rely on the audio only. It's amazing. You know, you have to make your own movie because you're fucking blind for the rest of your life. It was still pretty big on the screen when it suddenly vanished. Speaking of movies, it's the very last page of the book, so you almost feel this is reserved for like, ooh, this is a special ending. <laughs> You hardly hear what she is saying because you are lost in thought, staring at a crumpled tin can on the ground on which you can clearly see the words Antimatter Store. Coca-Cola, the end. Yeah, dumb. Mm-hmm. Rip off. Exploded. And what about some, some Alanian Altarian cave art? No, sir, just vanished. This is like the sixth book out of seven that has a cave in it. And you're a cavephobe, so you've got to be chafing under the constant <laughs> presence of caves in this Do book. you think this is where my fear came from? It's kind of obvious in hindsight, <laughs> right? I, thought, I always thought it was Tom Sawyer, but no. Incredible. If there was any other percentage of anything in life, he'd be, he'd be, you know, like a great thing to bet on. If this was a baseball player, he'd be enshrined right now. Are you sure it's only six of seven? Haven't all of them have caves? Have any of which one do you think doesn't have caves? I, I think Jonah was the only caveless book. There's got to be a cave. Whales, come on. All those oh, whales. Fuck. There's got to be. There's like this coves you're going into where the whales are hiding. There's got to be a cave. I, 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 it's. I'm kind of reaching. I just want there to be a cave. I started after it and checked for fragments. There weren't any. It's caveless. I just was really pissed off that for some space cave art, there was nothing. I mean, why are we calling this a civilization and they're capable of building spaceships and space travel and obviously language? And all that they're only up to cave art? You know why? Because their art, their whole civilization is built on getting out of there. So they just skipped the Renaissance. They skipped everything. They skipped all of the stages of civilization. They didn't even have hieroglyphs. They never got where we got. They just skipped all that just to get straight to building a computer so they could build a spaceship to get the fuck out. It was just as though as though the meteor disappeared into a hole in space. If it was an X with like a line going, you know, like like that's it. That's the cave art. Well, tell us that. Tell us that, right? A hole in space. What are you going to do? Blue Nose, the underwater (laughs) robot. 
Blue Nose, the underwater robot, immediately malfunctions. Farewell, Blue Nose, the underwater robot. We hardly knew ye. Give up for a paragraph. Underwater, the blob. The blob eats you, comma, underwater, comma, the. <laughs> Escape the blob with cool microphone. Bad space weather. The Aloha is under attack, whatever. Abandon your crew. Crash into alien snow. Implied freeze to death and eat your own flesh. Friendly, alien spaceship captures you and might kill you with friendship? Land in canyon and solve mystery by refusing to write on anything about a mystery. Oh, Brian, this section of the book is awful. This blue nose, the underwater robot. <laughs> what a... His, his name is actually leads you to think that he's one of these kind of robots that has like a personality. A personality! Or, I know it doesn't make sense, but... Thought you were going to get a little R2-D2 or some shit like There's that. There's nothing. Remember that movie Space Camp? That's the only way I can describe it. Remember that? No. Johnny Five. So many robots and fucking the history of film and sci-fi. Give me a fucking robot character. He just he just explodes right away and doesn't even talk. You know, talk about like an easy dunk tank for a sci-fi thing. Come up with a robot that's like halfway decent. <laughs> like like imagine yes. it, it, you know that your sci-fi bingo card robot the, the, with a personality, more personality than a human. Bluno sucks. He malfunctions. I don't remember a thing about him. Hardly knew ye. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So one section, in this section, uh, he has uh, the phrase, I don't even the phrase, he says, laser weapon. Like, you shoot them with your yeah, laser I weapon. I thought it was so funny. Why use a genus? Why not a species? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the genus weapon? Like, any image-creating, writerly, poetic species of weapon. So I've got all these cooler okay. laser things. Just going to get through a few. Yeah, 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 yeah. Laser cannon. Laser bazooka. Laser shotgun. Laser grappling hook. Laser longsword. Laser battle axe. Laser torpedoes. Laser artillery. Raz laser trident. Ooh. Laser halberd. Laser boomerang. And I saved the best one for last. Laser nunchucks. You're writing oh, this book for like 10-year-old boys? Oh, shit, yeah. Give me a freaking laser boomerang and some laser nunchucks. And now you got a story. You know what I mean? You sh laser weapon. Get the hell out of here. I love the laser shotgun, too. That's my yeah. other, other favorite one. That's, that's cool. I'm playing Doom in my head right now. Nice. All these different ways I, I want to upgrade. Nothing showed up on the view scope. Blue nose with a laser shotgun. What about the cosmic missiles? There's this other stupid section that I'm not going to read, but you land your ship in this canyon, and he just says, And now the mystery has been solved. Or has it? I tried both the ultraviolet and infrared scanners. Or the mystery is just beginning. Nothing. That comes up again and again. A lot of these choices do or do not. There's half a dozen. Mm -hmm. That's not a choice. No. no. There's at least three of these endings where it says, <laughs> Has ended or has a new quest begun? No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, it, no, not really. You're at the bottom of a fucking canyon. There's no beginning to this quest. I have some uh, analogs here. Okay. This section, it would be almost like, And then Sherlock turned to Watson and said, I know who the killer is. The end. Or, or, or do I? <laughs> yeah, or do I? <laughs> and then uh, Harry Potter turned to Hermione and said, let's confront Voldemort dramatically. And they did. The end. Suddenly a black spot appeared on the sun. Bring me the <laughs> And then Sherlock turned to Watson and said, I know who the killer is. The end. <laughs> 
you have to solve it yourself. <laughs> or has the murder just happened? Yeah, or has the murder just begun? <laughs> As though a planet were between me and the sun and eclipse. <laughs> I love it. You know, the first time it's maybe profound to a child. Right. Like, wow, you inverted it. But I think it was in the Cave of Time the first time They've they did done that. it in every book. Compare that with Balunda Sahara, the masterpiece that is by Balunda Sahara, where he says, The end, but really the beginning. That's yeah, yeah. so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And this is just some dog shit compared to that. Uh, talking all this 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 jazz about antimatter storms and things like oh, that, God. that gets old really fast. And then when something actually attacks you, it's another amorphic blob. But it wasn't a planet. You know, maybe a blob would be more effective in your code name is Jonah. Sure. You know, somewhere you're not expecting. No commander. Pick your one veiled, nebulous antagonist. Yeah, imagine you know if I mean? Lord of the Rings was just every character was the Eye of Sauron. There's this thing called Gandalf. It's a fog. Gimli, <laughs> a fog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's a fog. Or if you yeah, have the never-ending story, there's no Valcor. It's, you know, the, the imaginary nothing that you kind of can fly. Just everything's a nothing. It was nothing. Death by vagary. Cloud City and End of the Universe Misadventure. Investigate clouds, deserted cloud city, moonwalking through abandoned space city, aliens left for Earth because antimatter is bad. Jam the fuck out with cool ass microphone, reel to reel, synth, and aliens. This rules. Antibiotics can't keep you alive long enough to talk to genius computer. Every one of your crew are cowards. Antimatter storm crap. Be a coward. More antimatter storm crap. More cowardice. Leave crew to die and run. The sixth planet from Altair. Not quite the same ring to it. Exactly the same ring to it. Alien ultimatum. Don't talk back. Die an alien slave. Back to the future, but boring AF. Time machine battle. Burial. Live alone forever. The death of Pickens. The end and beginning of existence is trivial. Now your neutron drive is damaged. Who cares? Well, a deserted Cloud City sounds really cool. There was no planet within thousands of DUs. Now, is now, it? Is now, it? Now. Maybe just because so little happened in this book, I found it exciting. And the city looks pretty cool from the illustrations, not from the descriptions at all. <laughs> but uh, Paul Granger filled in what Edward Packard couldn't and drew an actual city that looks kooky and like people who you know, had a concept of architecture and a philosophy might have made it and no one's there because there can't be characters or morality or um, desire or anything in these books. Can you show me the page? I don't have page 10. Oh yeah. Wow! It's like triangle buildings. Wow, now I see why it's ripped out. Weird spires. That's very cool. That's suitable for framing right there. Right there almost. Yep. Yeah, and you're in this city and I don't know. Uh, oh, the choice is just... Uh, this may be where the signals were coming from, the captain says. Will someone volunteer to explore the city while the rest of us survey the planet's surface from the Aloha? If you volunteer, turn to page 17. If you do not, turn to 19. This is what I was talking about. If you do not, why would you not volunteer to do this? Well, why would they even ask a boy to do that in the first place? Oh, God. I mean, I guess you're technically, like, we're saying you're yeah. a boy from the illustrations, but they just keep it vague. It's you, so I guess you could be, like, a 60-year-old man, depending on who's who's reading this book. I would love it if it's illustrated <laughs> like you are an old man, like you're Pickens' age. <laughs> yeah. I think we should may we maybe have an opportunity here to write a series of books that where the 60-year-old men are the protagonists. In Jonah, you're not a child. No, you're that, a grown-up uh, in that. That might be the only one.
Yeah, yeah, that's something. No solid object to account for that spot. The Aloha hovers above the center of the city. You don your spacesuit, step out through a port, and float gently down to one of its supporting planes. You watch the Aloha glide away and then turn your attention to the city before you. The walkways and buildings are as clean and fresh looking as if they had been built yesterday. You wonder who lived here. Why did they leave? Where did they go? There's very little gravity in the city and you can almost fly along the streets. You enter a building and find furniture that looks as if it might have been designed for very small people. Another building is capped by hundreds of spires. Inside it you find electronic equipment. Perhaps it is a radio transmitting equipment and the spires are antenna. Could this be where the signals were coming from? Yeah, it can be because that's what it is. God, I thought that reading, I, I marked it to read it, Brian, but God, that's so boring. I really liked it. Maybe because I didn't have the page, but I thought it kind of <laughs> stood up pretty cool. Well, maybe it was on the sun itself. Later, when you discover basically like Paisley Park, you know, this giant studio set up with all these microphones and badass. This picture is so cool. It looks amazing, You got too. this. It's like a kid's fantasy of a rock band from the 80s. Man, basically. it's my fantasy of a rock yeah, band. You got right? this round space helmet with, like, stars on the side <laughs> and this little, almost, like, bull-like looking horn thing at the front. And you got these cool, like, 70s stripes and piping on your shoulder pads. You got these little epaulettes mm -hmm. in this freaking Radio Shack microphone, Michael Jackson gloves. You're Major Tom, basically. You are Major yeah. freaking Tom. Uh, I wrote here some music that this reminded me of, Brian. What's up? All right, so, like, just some this meets that. You know how, you know, like, maybe 20 years ago when we talked about music, we'd be like, you describe something, sure, oh, sure. it's like this band meets this other band. Yeah. And now people just say, just go on the internet. Yeah. Um, so this picture is like Tubular Bells meets Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Leaf Garrett meets Little B. Yeah. It's like Spaceman 3 meets Mickey Avalon. Yes! Donovan meets Peaches. Yes! It's like Gary Glitter meets the Avalanches. Yes! Oh, man. Right? It's like all of those. It moved across the sun in relation to the movement of my ship. Because it's almost like you're you're this hip-hop star with this microphone, this reel-to-reel. -reel. It's kind of like you're sampling, but you also got this big-time 70s, like you said, Major Tom kind of look. Mm -hmm. It's those two. I mean, I want to hear this music that you could make. You know what else is pretty cool? The expression that is illustrated on here, you're doped up a little bit. Doped up as fuck. Yeah. Barely functioning here. He's just like got this far away look. That's when I fired the cosmic missiles. Too numb to feel, but all I can do is send a postcard from the edge. Yo, That's beautiful. Hipsters, page 29, third planet from Altair. Yeah. Album cover. I mean, I might use it, but you can use it too. To fill the reader in with what's happening. You continue on through the cloud city, marveling at the architecture of the buildings and the clouds. In a square in the center of the city is a complex array of electronic equipment. Among the multitude of lights, control knobs, and display screens is a console with a keyboard and what appears to be a microphone and speakers. You press the most prominent button on the keyboard. Immediately, you hear a succession of musical tones and then vocal sounds that remind you of a foreign language. The computer is talking to you. Feeling somewhat awkward, you answer the computer saying, I come from planet Earth? What he should have said, Bill, is... I'd rather be watching Morrissey. <laughs> I was gonna say... Are you ready to rock? <laughs> <laughs> but I was... <laughs>
Um, test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got you got no balls here. None. You could have said so many freaking cool things. He says the dumbest. Although I'd love to hear that on a sample with this equipment. I oh come yeah. Come from the planet Earth. Like this is a Max Headroom. Like I cut, I cut, I cut. Come from the plant, pl- 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 planet Earth. All these musical tones behind you and whatnot. I come from the planet. Oh, I, I come from the planet Earth. All right. And I don't think anything really happens, does it, from there? Because everybody's gone. There's nothing, there's no one even to respond to you, right? Once again, there's no characterization, no motivation, no point to being there. Everyone's dead. Why meet a character? (laughs) Why have a character in this book? What happened? Um... Brian, there's a sad part to this book. Yeah? The death of Pickens. Ooh. That's like the death of Socrates. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go classical illusion with this, too. How could you not? I was going to have maybe Alfred Lord Tennyson writing in memoriam for Pickens. That's right down the plate, right? (laughs) It's right down the plate. The missile's vanished. Um, Man, get out some Kleenex, listeners. You activate the chronostan and instantly become unconscious. <laughs> when you awaken, the rapid movement of the galaxy has stopped. Time is once again progressing at a normal rate, but Pickens is dead. The violent transposition of space-time is too great a strain on his heart. You bury him in the eternal reaches of space and say a prayer. You are all alone, but your spirits are lifted by the very bright star shining through the starboard windows. It is so close, by that you can see three of its planets. The Aloha is partly crippled, but you are able to make your way toward the nearby solar system at reduced speed. Your sensors show that the star's third planet is apparently habitable. Three weeks later, you are able to crash land the Aloha in this new world, one that is filled with hills and forests, lakes and streams that remind you of those on Earth. By foraging about you, you find all the food you need. During the ensuing months, you explore much of the planet. The wood abounds in strange and wonderful animals, higher life forms, apparently have not yet evolved. You believe that someday they will, and that someone will discover that you were here before then. The end. I'm going to look up in the night sky and see a little twinkle. It's going to be Pickens' white What a death. Without an explosion? Yeah. You know, he's maybe the only character in this book, and he's dead now, Brian. Without an explosion. Once you get on with what's left of your isolated life on this shithole planet in the middle of nowhere, it sets up as this thing, basically. Well, what do you do? So you come across hyperspace, and you land on basically the equivalent of Earth. And um, what do you do if you're that only 
person in there. He never, uh... Lieutenant, that's the strangest story I ever heard. They never got where we got. Maybe not. Do you want to fashion a, a crude pair of shorts? You don't believe me. Do you want to live in a hut? I didn't say that. Yeah, is this Tom Cruise in, like, Castaway? What's going on here? Tom Cruise in Castaway? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like Tom Cruise in Castaway. I think your account deserves further investigation. (laughs) Which Tom would you like to cast away as? (laughs) Oh, yeah, but, yeah, there's no characters and no, um... No reason to live. You should have told Colonel Gregory. The hyperspace thing again, too. Are you going to be a, a responsible guy in hyperspace? Like, are you going to be abandoned with responsibility? Or are you going to be abandoned as a lunatic? He'd have put me in the infirmary for mental and emotional checkup. How about that? For just one choice. <laughs> Upstanding? Or and and I figured I'd get a brainograph test sooner if I risked disciplinary action. Why not, right? You're basically God on this planet. And I was right. What does this thing taste like? What does this thing taste like? It's really the only reason you have to live is to try the different animal meat. That isn't a very wise risk to take. You know, there's this show that drives me nuts. You ever seen this piece of crap? At the time, I wasn't in any condition to make accurate measurements. All hidden cameras. Badly acted. Oh, yeah. Social terrorism. Every fucking week. People watch this for entertainment. It makes me so angry. It's like calumny. It's like calumny. 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 Yeah, it's just just awful. Reading This is Reading Roulette, the world's only choose-your-own-adventure literary podcast. I think that'll about wrap it up. Make sure to follow us uh, on Facebook at uh, Reading Roulette Podcast. As always, shoot us an email, readingroulette.podcast at gmail.com. For Reading Roulette, I'm Bill Lyon. And I am Brian Ward. The last number of the sixth program of the new series. Uh, before we say goodnight, I would like to remind you of tonight. Henry Aldrich, that lovable hard luck kid. Consult your local newspaper or radio guide from time...